You've been told since you were a kid to always stand up and do the right thing. But what happens when someone tells you to do the wrong thing? Will you still do as you're told? It's time to get educated. Welcome everyone to another episode of Educated, your brand new podcast featuring easy to follow academic discussion in psychology and other special topic areas. Once again, my name is Mario Rochetta and I'm excited for this, our second part of a three-part mini-series entitled Who's the Boss? where we are looking at issues in conformity. Last time on Educated, we highlighted the work of Solomon Ash in the 1950s, where he demonstrated the power of social pressure to make people conform in his line task experiments. This time, we'll continue to look at conformity, but through the lens of how people respond to authority figures who are telling them what to do. For this, we're going to spotlight the obedience experiments of social psychologist Stanley Milgram in the 1960s. Now, Milgram became particularly interested in studying obedience during the trial of a German Nazi war criminal named Adolf Eichmann. During his trial, Eichmann claimed that he had just been following orders. And so Milgram wanted to investigate whether this could be true. Could an ordinary person lay aside their sense of right and wrong simply because they were being ordered to do so? Milgram believed that it was such a compulsion to obey that had enabled Nazi cruelty. And controversially, he also said that any of us may have even behaved in a similar way had we been put into the same situation. With Ash's work, we saw that people are prepared to do or say things that conflict with their own sense of reality. What Milgram wanted to see is whether people would also allow their moral judgments to be affected by the authority of a group or even by a single authoritarian figure. So the stage is set for Milgram's obedience experiments. Like I said, he wanted to test whether normally kind and likable regular people could be made to act against their own moral values in a situation where someone in authority was telling them to do so. And so what he devised was an investigation where ordinary men would be told by an authority figure to administer electric shocks to another person. Yes, you heard me right, electric shocks. I already said that Milgram's ideas were controversial. So too was his actual experiment. In fact, there were so many ethical concerns with the study that we're about to highlight that the American Psychological Association actually revoked Milgram's membership for a period of time. Anyway, the experiment took place at Yale in 1961, with 40 men being selected to participate. Now, these men came from a range of occupations. Some were teachers, some were postal workers, there were some engineers, others laborers, and even salesmen. 
These guys were paid $4.50 for their participation as soon as they showed up to the experiment. And they were told that they could keep the payment regardless of what happened during the experiment. Now, in this laboratory at Yale, Milgram set up this contraption that very realistically looked like an electric shock generator. It, of course, was a phony, but the participants did not know that. On the contraption were 30 switches, each marked with 15-volt increments, labels that indicated different levels of intensity from slight shock on the one end to extreme intensity shock to danger, severe shock, all the way to the other side of the, of the contraption, which was simply marked XXX. Now, the experimenter played the role of a scientist named Jack Williams, and in order to give him the impression of authority, he was dressed in a lab technician's coat and kept a stern and emotionless demeanor with the participants throughout each of the experiments. Here's where even more trickery happened with the experiment. The participants were told that they were going to be taking part in an experiment that was meant to study the effects of punishment on learning. They were told that of two volunteers, one of them would be the learner and the other would be designated as the teacher. Now, each participant was actually partnered up with another man who they thought was a fellow participant, but who was actually in on the experiment. This stooge, who went by the name of Mr. Wallace and played the role of a likable accountant, was also trained to play the role of the victim. Either way, when the genuine participant and Mr. Wallace would draw paper from a hat to determine who would play the learner and who would play the teacher, it was always rigged so that Mr. Wallace would take on the role of learner and so that the genuine participant would have to be the teacher. Now, in full view of the participant, the learner, who was Mr. Wallace, in on the experiment, he would be strapped into an electric chair type setup with an electrode attached to his wrist. The participant was told that this electrode was hooked up to the shock generator located in the room next door. The participant was also made to hear the experimenter tell the learner, once again, Mr. Wallace, that although the shocks can be extremely painful, they cause no permanent damage. To further this whole setup and, and make it appear completely authentic, the experimenter would then wire up the real participant to the machine for a test shock and would deliver a sample shock of 45 volts, which was in fact the only shock strength that the generator could produce, unbeknownst to the real participant. Anyway, at this point, the real participant would then be moved to an adjacent room where the shock generator was and was instructed to begin the teaching component of the study. The participant was asked to read a series of word pairs like blue girl or nice day out loud for the learner to memorize. After this, the participant was to then just say one of the two words in the pair and to wait for the learner to give the appropriate corresponding word. If the learner got it right, the questions continued. But if the learner got it wrong, that's when the participant was instructed to tell the learner the correct answer, 
to announce the level of shock that he was about to receive and to then press a switch to administer that shock. The participants were instructed to increase the shock level by 15 volts for each incorrect answer. In other words, the more answers that the learner got wrong, the higher the voltage of the shocks. Now, of course, the learner, Mr. Wallace, was in on the experiment, like we said, and so he was instructed to purposely give wrong answers once in a while. During the experiment, the learner would actually get to the point where he would start pounding on the wall once the voltage had reached 300, and he would shout things like, I absolutely refuse to answer anymore. Get me out of here. You can't hold me here. Get me out. As the shock levels continued to increase, the learner would get even more frantic with his shouts, and then eventually would cease making any noises at all. This was all done on purpose, of course, but the participants, the genuine participants, did not know this. Instead, it would get to the point where the, 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 you know, the, the learner was shocked so much that he would stop responding. And then the experimenter would have to tell the real participant that this lack of response just meant that the question was wrong. So go ahead and deliver the next level of shock voltage. If the participant expressed not wanting to go through with it anymore, the experimenter would give a stern verbal prod to encourage the participant to continue, right up to telling the participant that they had no choice but to go on. Now, if the participant ever refused to participate after this particular prod from the experimenter, then the experiment was terminated. Overall, what was found? What were the results of these experiments? How about this? Milgram found that out of the 40 participants, every single one of them obeyed commands to administer shocks up to at least 300 volts. Only five people refused to continue after this point. Most alarmingly, check this out, 65% of the participants obeyed the instructions of the experimenter right to the bitter end obeying commands to administer shocks to the top level of 450 volts. In all of these trials, the participants' discomfort was evident. They would show signs of distress and tension and nervousness. They would flat out at times express that they didn't feel comfortable in giving any more shocks. But they kept giving the shocks anyway because they were being told to do so by the person in authority. To follow up this experiment, all participants were fully debriefed so that they understood what had actually taken place. They understood that at no point were they actually operating a real shock machine that was delivering these huge amounts of voltages to, to the, the, the other participant. And they even found out, of course, that this other participant, Mr. Wallace, who played the role of the learner, was in on the study. All but a few of the participants revealed that this was all a total surprise. And most of them said that they actually never had any reason to believe that this wasn't for real, which, in my opinion, makes the result of the experiment even more terrifying that so many people would obey under the circumstances. 
So what was it about this setup that caused the participants to want to obey the experimenter? Was it because the research was taking place at Yale, which is a prestigious school, or that the participants had been paid for uh, being a part of the experiment and hence maybe felt a sense of obligation to the experimenter? Or was it that they had been assured that the shocks wouldn't be dangerous, just painful? Regardless, Milgram afterward ran many variations of his original study to account for these things, but the results weren't greatly changed from the original experiment. So what can we deduce from this work of Milgram? We can deduce that we as humans are socialized to be obedient from an early age and that we feel compelled to comply with the commands of authority figures, even when this conflicts with our own morality. As a result, people will do what they are told to do. And while this obedience is a basic element in the structure of our social lives, and it can be productive, it also demonstrates a very terrifying notion that normally harmless people can become capable of committing cruel acts when the situation pressures them to do so. Since Milgram's pioneer work, additional studies have been done in the field that show us how Milgram's findings actually hold up pretty well across cultures, with future participants in North American and European studies showing pretty consistent levels of obedience to what Milgram found, and whereas Asian studies have shown even greater levels of obedience. In the end, I think the main takeaway is this, straight from Milgram himself. It is not so much the kind of person a man is as the kind of situation in which he finds himself that determines how he will act. And that will do it for part two of our Who's the Boss mini-series on conformity right here on Educated. Next time, we will finish our look at conformity with the prison experiments of Philip Zimbardo at Stanford University. More controversy is on the way, folks, so be sure to tune in. And that's in order. <laughs>